Welcome, everyone, to Company College America's CC on the Air podcast. Uh, my name is Nicholas Stewart. I'm Strategy Director at Company College America. And it is my pleasure today to be joined by two colleagues from Georgia Mason University who will talk about the BIS degree. Uh, and they'll talk a little bit more about the benefit of it, why it was created, and definitely about the benefit to uh, adult learners. So today I'm glad to introduce all of you to, uh, to my colleagues, uh, Professor Janet Poirot and Dr. Kurt, Kurt Lazaroff. If you wouldn't mind talking a little bit more about um, who you are and um, what brought you to George Mason and to the program. Thank you so much, Nicholas. We are really happy to be here and talk about the BIS program and the success we've had with adult students. And I, my name is Janet Haporo, and I've worked in the BIS department about 10 years advising, helping students through um, with their transfer credits and um, now teaching. So this has been a very, very exciting process because we developed a new course that is now available for um, adult students. And the BIS program is an adult degree completion program, a Bachelor of Individualized Studies, where students get to choose their courses and create a concentration, an individualized concentration, um, an interdisciplinary concentration, where they, they can tailor it for their career goals. And we take a lot of their transfer credits to help them graduate at a faster um, rate. And they end up going to grad school, a lot of them end up going to graduate school, about 40%. So I teach in BIS, I teach BIS 300, which is an introduction to interdisciplinary studies. And I also teach um, BIS 301, which I'm happy to have developed the curriculum for, and it's called Adult Learner Transitions. Um, I've also taught BIS 390, which is our research process course. Um, this is all developed to help students develop their research and academic writing skills and helps, especially 300, helps ease them back into the university. We have a huge range of students when they enter in a BIS course. They're also really happy to be in a course that's all adult students age 25 to 80. And so they are excited to be there and, and share their experiences of what it's like to come back to university, either after a long break or to be working full time. Um, and and, and it's been wonderful to support them. And my and Dr. Kurt Lazaroff, he teaches this BIS 490 course, which is the senior capstone research course. So Kurt, you can talk about that. Thank you, thank you, Janet. And thank you, Nick, for this opportunity. Um, BIS is a really unique program. I come to it uh, via special education. Uh, you know, the studying of curriculum, the study of, you know, student needs and basin and uh, assessment uh, driven curriculum is is my perspective on this. And I've been working for BIS for about five years now. Very satisfying. Um, I, I, I like to tease my colleagues who work with uh, traditional age students that while well, you get to create um, potential in young lives, we change adult lives. Um, so the, the BIS program is uh, a real unique opportunity as an educator to have a direct effect on people's lives. And we do that with a combination of a uh, policy um, that allows, uh, again, transfer credits, as, as Janet mentioned. It's a combination of transfer credits, uh, knowing how to stack credits using prior learning assessment, ACE credits, uh, just a whole um, 
litany of methods to get the credits where a student needs it to minimize both the expense and the time of going back to school to complete a degree. So if you look at what BIS does, it's uh, three or four different main components. One, we bring in transfer credits, we stack credits, et cetera. We get people farther along and compile their education into a single package, which we then can move forward with. Uh, we do a lot of advising. Janet mentioned that. It's intensive advising from before people actually apply to the program. So we actually work with any adult who knocks on the door and says, I want to get a degree and we will evaluate transcripts and help them choose a program that fits them best. It's the easiest way to do this job. Uh, so intensive advising, which goes on all the way through graduation, our average number of visits per semester with students is uh, three times per semester. Um, individually uh, designed uh, programs of study. And we have actually very few courses within the department, but they are each uh, student-centered, looking at academic skills and academic capabilities, looking at the personal transition to higher education into a four-year degree, and then a uh, two-part uh, research uh, project, two-semester, uh, self-designed independent research, which then preps them for grad programs. So uh, my background, while not exact fit, it's really about curriculum and addressing student needs. Thank you. I, and I, I'm, you know, coming from first year experience and teaching the first year experience course, I really appreciate the, the, the way that you're, you created those courses specifically to support the students. Because again, like you said, a lot of those uh, students are coming back from, they haven't been in college for a number of years. So how do we reacclimate them to, you know, to the uh, the university, but also prepare them to, you know, throughout their programs and beyond? I think that that's something that uh, I, I really like, and we can talk a little bit more about that in in a second. But I kind of want to go back to um, something that Kurt mentioned about, you know, looking at the PLA and things like that, um, and, and you know the credits and you know the transfer courses and things like that, and the advising. Uh, yeah, your your program is awesome. Uh, so that's why we're obviously we're talking and making sure that as many people uh, can hear about it. Thank you. But I, I was wondering if you could talk a little bit more about how do you support the students, like even before they they register, because usually um, uh, adult. I mean, most universities are big machines, you know, from like uh, big bureaucracies, and a lot of students don't necessarily come to you directly or. Or how do they actually do that? And how do you actually support the students enroll? Because let, let me be frank, a lot of institutions that we're talking to when we talk about adults, that's a big hurdle, you know, about how do we actually enroll, communicate with them, bring the the, the, the credits and and some, at, at a time when it's not always from nine to five. Uh, so how do you actually support the students from from interest and enrollment all the way to, um, to registration? Well, I, and so that's one thing I think that's important to consider when you see what we do, it's, it's relationship backed. And so we don't get to commoditize either the education or the student experience in any way. Um, right now, our enrollment this past semester, fall 2021, we're running about 230 students enrolled in courses right now. When we look at how many are currently stopped out, which we have no pace or time frame, so yeah, we, have, we have 300, 325, give or take. 
But what happens is because we are so out of the mainstream, we're not part of the, the marketing that the university does because we don't have a pathway. We don't have a solid degree that they can say, get your degree in XYZ. Instead, it's what do you need? which is a totally different conversation. And that's that happens on first introduction. Because we don't have the marketing, most people come to us by recommendation. It's literally, you know, they've heard about us. And then the first question they ask is, why have I have never heard of you before? The program's been in existence since 1975. <laughs> and, and, and we're invisible for all rights and purposes when it comes to this marketing piece. But the people who come, come with a personal referral. And the nature of a personal referral, especially if it comes from an advisor or a transfer counselor at the local community colleges, we have to jump on it right away because that's our relationship with the person who sent us. And from the very beginning, um, it's I, I actually one of our students coined this term for us, and I'm sure they didn't invent it, but it's a good one called educational shaming. And every, every, every other institution they'd applied to as an adult, admissions practiced educational shaming, where, oh, you didn't finish. Oh, what's wrong with you? It's this negative mindset. So when we get students in for that first contact, that first interview, we tend to discuss right off the bat with these absolute strangers who are our like age, same peers, mm -hmm. the guilt, the shame, and the frustration of having not completed a degree in the 18 to 22 year old age, you know, frame, the time frame and age limit that people are used to. And so people have this huge emotional and we address it right up front. And so they know we understand where they're coming at emotionally. And the fact that they're doing this is means they've examined the, the time risk of going back to school. Mm -hmm. And the money risk of going back to school and somewhere where they meet, this is that, you know, microeconomics chart of supply and demand, they know they have to go back now. Yeah. And that's, that's where we meet them. So we meet them at this emotional point with first contact. And so when you say, when does advising start? First email, first 30 seconds, and, and start addressing this, that this is what we do. Um, so that's the advising piece. Um, I think Janet can do a better job of describing how we've created this curriculum, which gets people from, I like to describe it as either they've been in school for 20 years and not completed, or they haven't been in school for 20 years. And we have the same course that the same two courses that fit both populations. Um, uh, Janet, if, if you don't mind. Thank you, Kurt. Yes. Um, Exactly. Self-doubt has been the number one reason students haven't been haven't felt comfortable about returning back to the university. Um, and they cited that in a national survey, 50 percent of adult students said self-doubt was over money and time, a number one barrier for returning to school. So we do tackle this with our courses. We've tailored our courses to meet the needs of adult students, which has been exciting results because the students have just um, taken really well to the new curriculum that we've developed in the courses and that um, break down large assignments into smaller chunks so that they um, can see that achievement as they're going through um, setting up a plan and some goals and to the larger research paper that they have to write at the very end for that's for our BIS 300 course, which is the introduction to academic writing and research. And then for our BIS 301 course, which is the adult learner um, 
adult learner transitions course that helps them build confidence as a learner. And um, I was happy to hear that David Jenkins, the senior research scholar at CCRC was um, stressing the importance of how we need to teach well and advise well for student success. And that's especially important with the adult student population. It's a huge time commitment and money commitment for them. These are students who may have had negative experiences in the past, whether it was health or family issues or financial, or some of them are first generation students who um, had no one to guide them through the labyrinth of the university experience. And they're coming back with memories that might trigger anxiety and stress. So um, we've noticed these patterns that have come up again and again in our advising and also in teaching the students in the classrooms. And so we've tailored assignments that will that meet these needs and help them get to a state of, um, in BAS 301 especially, which is the adult learner transitions course, um, that course has helped get them to a state of emotional equilibrium through self-reflective papers and discussion board posts and a sense of community so that when they're sitting in class studying for exams, they're able to absorb the material and engage with the learning process rather than letting some of these negative dysfunctional thoughts or limiting beliefs distract them from their goals. We go over planning and we also go over psychological research that provides them with a mental toolkit so that they can plan clearly and focus on tasks at hand. Um, one big important thing about the adult student is the multiple responsibilities that they're juggling. So procrastination is not an option because if an adult student procrastinates, um, that's the day on a paper, a paper's due, and they might have to take their um, child to the hospital or they have to take their mother to the hospital or they have a deadline that their boss is giving them. So they have all these multiple responsibilities they're juggling. So um, breaking things out earlier, helping them with planning, helping them understand the labyrinth of the university um, setting, and, and also um, taking the hidden curriculum and making the invisible visible because so many students have succeeded in, in college without realizing that they may have had the privilege of a parent who has been through university before who could guide them and walk them through the steps, but there might be students who don't have that privilege. And so um, this has been, the, the BIS program has just been a wonderful way to help so many different types of students. It's a very inclusive educational environment. Wherever they are, all these different stages in their lives, they can develop these skills to get to um, a higher level of success in their academic journey. And so and that's just, and the feedback has been wonderful from the students as well. They really appreciate it. Many of them said they had had this course when they were at the traditional age, when they first entered university, they may not have failed out at that time. So that's been, yeah, that's been that. great. <laughs> yeah, I can definitely believe that. Uh, for, first of all, thank you for referencing uh, another one of our podcasts. So uh, if you have not um, listened to it, uh, I strongly recommend that you do uh, with David Jenkins from CCRC. Um, but one another thing I think that I, I really want to, again, the, the, the support understanding your population, understanding your students. And like you said, like having conversations that you need to have at the get-go to eliminate the stigma and the shame and make them understand like, you know, what are their goals and how can we best support you? And the, the courses, like, you know, how do you actually modify the curriculum in this case, or in case supplement and complement the curriculum in other departments with your own that basically supports and best prepare the students to me is, is absolutely amazing. Like you said, like the, 
the the advising that goes throughout uh you know with the coaching as well with you know with the adults again uh i can't say enough good things about this one thing i think i i i, I wouldn't say it's lost in this but i think that i kind of want to emphasize a little bit more is how the flexibility of the bis is that i think a lot of times when we reach back to and by we i mean like higher education in general reach out to adults we're trying to put them back into existing programs you know like and how do we actually whether it's a two or four years you know institutions like well this is a program for you and and so on and so forth but it tends to be a one-size-fits-all you know and so in most cases there's a bit of you know flexibility in this case but this one to me the the bis and and how you're uh you know supporting the students and again with the courses like the, the bis courses but how you help them find those courses at uh, in you know that other departments are offering and how does it actually connect and bring it together for a degree that fits their needs that align with their goals their career aspirations that to me is 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 i would say revolutionary because it's been done for like you know 35 something so well over 35 years and then some but uh that to me i think is particularly appealing to adults because again it's like you know what you know i need and what i want to do uh so that's particularly uh exciting so i was wondering if you could talk a little bit more about that that connection and i think that how you support students because again we can't take for granted that an adult coming to you know exactly knows exactly like what courses like i'm going to take these courses in sociology and these courses in business and these courses. i mean you have to support them so i was wondering if you could talk a little bit more about uh, about that that support and, and that conversation Sure. Um, we have a lot of teachers that come back to finish up their degrees, their teaching assistants, and they want to be a um, either K through 12. Um, we also have IT, um, a lot of students who are working in the IT field and they never finished their degree. And so they're coming back now because um, a lot of promotions are based on having a bachelor's degree. It's critical for a lot of jobs that are out there in the market and they have the skills and experience, they just don't have the degree. And many of them have been at different universities universities. So they've accumulated many credits, but at different institutions. So one of the things that we do in an advising session is take a look at all of these transfer credits that they're bringing into the George Mason University and see where their career interest lies and where their academic interest lies, what the intersections are. So for example, with the teachers, often they'll be interested in communications classes, the education courses, of course, the psychology courses. And so that's a nice interdisciplinary blend right there. And so those are the types of courses they'll take. And depending on which area they really want to focus in on, whether it's special education, whether it's math, whether it's foreign languages, they'll tailor that degree to fit those needs. And the same goes with the IT management students um, who are really interested in becoming managers. They might take some communications courses. They already have a lot of IT um, computer science skills, but then maybe they want to continue to take a few more uh, or engineering courses as well. Um, maybe they want to combine that with the business classes, with communications leadership courses, INTS, um, our in integrative studies, School of Integrative Studies um, offers those types of courses, leadership courses. So there's a nice blend that students can tailor their, their academic um, degree to fit their career needs. And 
that's been wonderful in helping the students feel engaged in the learning process and to feel that this has meaning and purpose because it directly impacts their salary. Their salary, they get a like, often I hear back from students, 25,000 or $30,000 salary bump the minute they finish their degree um, because they'll have bosses who says, get your bachelor's degree, you'll get a promotion. And, and we'll hear that from students. So they'll, they come back very excited once they get that degree. And, and one thing I want to emphasize, sorry, Kurt, uh, that the rigor, I think that that's something that, uh, you know, we talked to a lot of faculty members that, you know, at CCA and it's like, but is that, is the program rigorous? Well, I mean, those are college courses that are being taught to their majors, like, you know, in their, just in different departments. So the rigor is there, right? I mean, there, there's no watering down the curriculum in, in any way, shape exactly, or form. Exactly, yeah. It's, it's quite rigorous, especially the research. I think development. it ends up getting into some of the discussion of student-centered versus discipline-centered. And, you know, it's, I, I don't want to alienate, alienate myself from my other, you know, discipline-centered faculty peers. Um, but it's a very narrow approach. I mean, it's, as I like to say all the time, it's like interdisciplinarity, the whole world is interdisciplinary. It's only universities and colleges that have individual departments that can't, you know, gosh, I, we can't, you know, combine anthropology with sociology, can we? Um, and the rest of the world looks at us like, what? Isn't it the same thing? And only the people within the profession can see the fine lines between them. And so if you do that to an adult student, and that's, I, I want to describe adult students, they look like us. There isn't, you know, it's kind of hurts me to just say students because, you know, you, you think of 18 to 22 year olds. It's like, no, <laughs> you, you know, when you when you have a group of 50 plus year olds in your class, you realize, you know, we're, we're, we're not in a standard classroom anymore. And so fitting things to people that you recognize as peers, you want to, you wouldn't want anybody to abuse you. It's the, you know, walking a mile in another person's shoes thing. And so if you look at them as peers and also understand that and really respect kids at home, you know, multi-generational households, just a little bit of financial pressure perhaps, um, and understand that you are literally trying to give them this emotional power to make the decisions to take the courses, to get the degree, to either move up or out from the jobs they're currently in. Because changing jobs without a bachelor's degree and maintaining you know, adequate, the same level is very challenging. So it's like, it's inherently personal. And allowing the students to make some of this judgment of what do you need to move forward? Because at the current rate of tuition and fees, this is, you know, it's not a joke. Uh, this is ex this is an expensive proposition, and students, our students, don't take courses for fun. <laughs> They're not looking for for the, uh, you know, the basket weaving or or somebody is like the example uses the underwater yoga. Um, nobody wants to spend that kind of money. You have to spend for a three credit class on something that won't be inherently valuable and match the expense, both time and money invested. Um, so actually the, the challenge can be uh, departmental restrictions from other departments who you know, want people to take 101, 201, 301, et cetera, all the way through. And so we have to cherry pick sometimes to find appropriate uh, programs that have courses at the right level for the adult students that they can jump into at a three or, three or 400 level course. Um, 
recently, uh, our university has done a great job of doing a bachelor's to accelerated master's to allow people to accumulate graduate uh, credits during their bachelor's degree and have them count doubly, stacking credits at the same university. Wonderful process. So people, a good number of our students, we haven't, you know, you briefly mentioned our, right now, 34 to 40% of our students are going directly into graduate programs. And part of that is because if they can sit there and stack credits in the bachelor's and go to a master's, you're one third your way through your master's when you finish your bachelor's. Hard to avoid both the economy of that, both time, again, time and money. Um, so putting together the curriculum, rigorous, they're not in BIS classes. And so every now and again, my pushback can be, well, they've taken two 300 level courses in your program. They learned a lot. You got them motivated. They've taken two 400 level courses in it. It's a large portion of their degree. Are you telling me it isn't rigorous? <laughs> and I didn't, sorry, yeah, sorry. You know, it's I it's I just look at this because again, we prep them, we motivate them, we understand what their needs are, we try to develop a program. And then but they really take courses from everybody else. Yeah. Really. And the first the paper that they're writing in the BAS introductory course that they take is a is analyzing research articles academic um, published by academic peer reviewed art journals. So they are they're synthesizing the research. So it's it's they're doing high quality work. Um, some of the papers that we read are worthy of grad school papers. So yeah, they put in their heart and soul in it. It's quite rigorous, and they actually bring it up to the next level. You see them. <laughs> really bring, bring it to a high level of intellectual um, quality. Nice. And I, I, you mentioned the, um, uh, well, before I talk about the, the, the success rate, which you, you kind of hinted at that, like, you know, so many of your students are going to, to, to grad school. But one thing to your, uh, your point, Kurt, that, that you mentioned about, uh, like, uh, learning competencies from different departments and things like that, and, and obviously students being motivated, I mean, and, and other than Higher education that sees the the, the big difference, you know, the, the the separating lines between similar uh, disciplines, um, or at least disciplines that share a common interest or area. I think that if you're going to the marketplace and the workforce, um, they usually don't really care if you have a bachelor's. And I don't want to pick on social sciences all the time, but I, I don't want to, you know, I, they don't really care if you have a BA or BS in anthropology or sociology. I mean, I think that it's the skills and the competencies that you've learned during those courses that you've learned. That's what they care about. So I think that picking, you know, in, in some cases, the best of both worlds uh, through the BIS, I would think that if I were an employer, that makes the person completing that degree much more marketable because they do have that interdisciplinary approach, uh, you know, during their 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 degrees, and they're able to actually, um, actually make those connections. I would anticipate in the, the those courses, but also in in the final papers that they're you know the, the research project that they're providing to to you guys as well. 
Exactly. They are developing these um, academic writing skills. They're developing analytical skills. They're synthesizing texts and they're noticing patterns. They're engaging with critical thinking. They're developing all these skills that um, are quite beneficial to them in their careers and beyond. And, and the sophistication of thought also, we can't discount the fact that their years of wisdom, um, it's, 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 quite hard to compete with a 40-year-old and compare a 40-year-old in the classroom to an 18-year-old. There's going to just be a lot, another layer of sophistication in the way they think. And so that's where the rigor is coming from, because you put a bunch of them together, 40s, 50-year-olds, 60-year-olds, and they're going to have these really intellectual conversations, and the, they'll bring up the rigor in the class naturally. Nice. Yeah. It's, it's something I've seen before, you know, previously when teaching traditional age students and then you have the one, you know, 40 year old sitting in the front row, you know, laser focused and, uh, you know, all you can think of is, well, are they going to ask me a question that's helped me drive my, my, you know, lecture forward? Or are they going to stump me and make me look like, you know, I have no clue what I'm doing. Um, and so yeah. when you have a room full of them, <laughs> when you have a room full, it's like, yeah, it upped your game. <laughs> in multiple ways. And so you design your own, you design your own program of study and people are, you know, quite fearful of that. I mean, we've had, you know, no responses from our students saying, well, I can't get a job with my BIS degree because what happens in a job interview, you know, tell me about your degree. And there you have these people who have maturity. I'll just leave it at that. Maturity have just put together a self-designed degree based on their own personal and professional needs and goals. They have a story to tell. They chose their own classes, and then they end up with a research project uh, just that uh, you know, allows them to showcase their skills and knowledge. And the first thing that happens when you, you know, to get across to a person who does not know what a BIS degree is, and you say, well, you know, it's, it was based on my needs. It's been five years working here, a couple of years working there. I realized that I came helping people. So I took psychology classes. And what happens with the interviewers, they go like, wow, I wish I could have gotten a degree like that. <laughs> it, it is. And when you read the popular press, they keep saying and employers are not looking for people with these sets, you know, rigid, hard skills. They're looking for people who are adaptable, critical thinkers can communicate. Uh, you know, sometimes we pick on communications degrees, but if anybody has a job that doesn't involve a lot of communication, I don't know what that is. Um, and so our adults choose between the strategic courses and they leave a lot of the, the uh, discipline specific fine stuff to the side. Mm -hmm. And we tell them, first of all, you don't want to earn a bachelor's degree that's 150 credits yeah don't I, do that I, go get a master's degree <laughs> which is what they do when you tell them you're writing your writing is good you've managed to carve out the time master's degrees are more fun and dare i say i don't want to say they're easier but because they're focused they are more efficient let's say and and there's our students thrive in them both the internal master's degrees and externally we have students every major institution worldwide london school of economics the university of pennsylvania uh university of chicago and they're all over the place they're adults they're driven they take their education seriously so when they're ready to go they go and it's it's a very satisfying i can't tell you how much fun it is to watch people who come in 
think of that first advising appointment, shame, blame, guilt, and then two and a half, three years later, ooh, I just applied to, you know, Yale because <laughs> and it's like, okay, you go. <laughs> I can write a recommendation. It's okay. <laughs> so I was wondering exactly for that. I mean, like the, the success rate, I mean, I think that and the, the graduation rate, because again, like you mentioned, it occurs that yeah. there's no set time uh, because of a lot of different things. Obviously, like, you know, adults mm-hmm. have, you know, a lot of different responsibilities, not, you know, job, family, and and, and mm-hmm. so on and so forth. So can you tell me, you know, tell us a little bit more about the, the success so, rate and, and in terms of graduation mm-hmm. and, and what they do after uh, mm-hmm. they graduate? It's a, a combination of things because with, it has to do with policy, transfer credit policy, our ability to bring in prior learning uh, credits, um, ACE credits, et cetera. It's our ability to do the uh, credit stacking. And that's the most important thing. Our goal is to bring our students in with 75 credits because that leaves them 45 upper level. We always, industry standard seems to be 30 institutional credits or one quarter of your degree must be at the degree granting institution. Um, And so our goal is 75. Our average is 71 credits. If a student comes in with substantially lower than 70 credits, we generally recommend that they go to our sister community college institution and and they come back. Maybe it'll take them a year or two, but they'll come back and we explain to them that that only saves you money, but it also allows you to get in the groove of pulling out this time out of your day where Netflix and Hulu are off your plate and you are studying. And the family also learns to adjust to don't bug mom, dad, et cetera, when they have the door shut and they're studying. And so you, you have to carve out time. I think overarching, it's a time management issue for adults to go back to school. So... We start there, bring in the credits. That's one thing. Um, And then it's, again, working at the academic skill set level and say, okay, what level of courses can you take? We don't have a pace and we don't have a time frame, but students want to get done now. And so that's the important thing. So right now, if we bring in 71 to 75 credits, our students are getting done in two and a half to three years on average. that also reduces the amount of time for crisis to happen. We have been using a model by a researcher, actually he's a, a, a accounting professor at the University of Minnesota, uh, Mark DeRemer, did an analysis of adult retention issues and why adults don't complete has to do with crisis. It's financial crisis, um, familial crisis, um, and it comes down to a cost-benefit ratio of with all this other stuff going on, is it worth my time and money invested to continue? And so we've done a lot of analysis of that. And by reducing the amount of time to complete a degree, transfer credits, efficiency, courses available through the summer. Um, We get people done in a relatively small window of time. Punchline, right now our graduation rate is a little north of 80%. And it's proactive advising. Uh, It's a push. Um, It's um, from the very beginning uh, the line I always say, and it, it, I'm sorry, I somewhere, somewhere at my core, I'm a used car salesman. Um, you know, we'll put you behind the wheel today. Or as I tell, literally, first conversation, work with us, we'll get you done. Yeah. And, and people, it's the weird thing is, and I've heard them say this about, about every single one of our advisors, where they say, I remember my first conversation with, and I'm so glad to be graduating. And it is so rewarding when I 
have an advising appointment, they come in with a very low GPA and there's that shame and guilt, and then they graduate George Mason with a 4.0. So it's it ha that has happened again and again. Um, it's a sense of it feels like part of the process that we're doing doing is building up their confidence that, um, and that in, in triggers their enjoyment of the learning process rather than holding on to that weight of the, or that sense of failure that might have happened when they were 18, 19 years old. And um, once so that's the 301 process. We actually do crisis planning too as part of one of the assignments. Um, and also to think about what obstacles had held them back in the past and how can we plan around them going forward. So if something does come up, this time you have a plan of action. Um, so you're not psychologically derailed by what has happened by the crisis that occurred, but you can focus on the actionable steps that you can take to degree completion. It's, a, it's amazing the success rate when you actually provide the tools and you also, you know, and the support and you tell the, the, the individuals like, I believe in you. I'm, I'm your ally. I'm going to help you through the entire process of this, and you can do it. Uh, so I think you can definitely see that with like the high GPA, the high graduation rate, and the high success rate of, of your students. I think that uh, that speaks volume about the program, but also obviously about the touches and the courses and the advising, and obviously the the PLA and the transfer credit. I. I I think that everything that you're talking about, I think, fits so well into what at CCA, you know, we look at our, our strategies like, and you guys are doing this, like you're doing it like and you're doing it really well. And like with with high with, with adults, which in a lot of cases are not the easiest uh, population, again, because of those crises, because of these other responsibilities and, and time commitment that they have outside um, outside of the classroom. So, again, um, I, I'm so happy to, uh, you know, to, well, to have learned uh, about what you guys are doing, to share what you guys are doing, and and I would definitely encourage everyone to, who's listening to to want to learn more. Uh, they can go to bis.gmu.edu. That's the, your main page. I believe that's your contact information. Not to inundate you guys because I know you're busy right now grading papers and all that stuff. But uh, your contact information is on the website. Is that correct? It is. Yes. Thank you. Yes. So again, uh, Professor Faro, Dr. Lazaroff, thank you again so much for uh, for your time. Uh, I I absolutely love the programs and uh, the the program that you're um, that you've created. Well, if not created, enhanced and supported and continued. Uh, I think that uh, you're. I think for those of you who uh, will have me uh, at their institutions, you're probably going to hear uh, a little bit more about the BIS at. Uh, George Mason. So again, thank you both for your time. Much appreciated. Thank you both for your all your your efforts and for the success of your students. Thank you thank so you, much. Nick. It was a pleasure being here.